Welcome to the podcast service of Sydney's FM 103.2. Available on the web at fm1032.com.au. Hello, I'm Kel Richards. There was a series of television programs that I saw fairly, oh, I was going to say recently, but I suddenly realised it was a couple of months ago, which is called Can, Can You Live Without? And they gave families or individuals a challenge to see if they could live without something. So with one family it was Can You Live Without Television? And they had to give up their television for a week or a month or whatever. And they, these people went mad trying to live without television. In another family, it was, can you live without your mum? And mum, they sent mum away on a holiday for a week and dad had to cope with the kids without mum. So what can't you live without was what the series was sort of all about. Um, and that's what tonight's program is all about. Because tonight I'm asking the question, can you live without God? Thanks for joining us. Nice to have you company. Well, tonight I've got this simple question for you. Can you live without God? In a sense, the the short, simple answer is, of course not. You're listening to this program with ears that are delicate and complicated and work beautifully. The sound is interpreted in a part of your brain designed for that purpose. The meaning is thought about in the rational part of your brain. None of these capacities of yours have you designed or made. Your amazing body is the product of amazing biological processes designed and created by God. Your body is the way it is because of that astonishing encyclopedia of information called human DNA. The matter and energy of the universe is controlled by information, and the source of that information is God. So in the most fundamental sense of all, of course we can't live without God. We owe our very lives, our existence, the existence of the universe in which we live, to God. In that sense, we cannot live without God at all. But that's not how most people would take this question. Most Aussies would understand the question, can you live your life without God, to mean, can you live your life without faith in God? Or can you live without thinking about God? Can you live without prayer or reading the Bible? Or can you live your life without reference to God? And the answer to this question, when understood in this way, is also immediately obvious. Yes, of course you can. Millions do. Millions of people go through life giving scarcely a thought to God from the cradle to the grave. But I believe such people suffer an immense loss in the quality of their life. After all, you can get your television set to work without an antenna, but probably not very well. Your car can run on half its cylinders, but not very well. As a cook, I could make meals without ever using salt or sugar, but something would be missing and there'd be a noticeable drop in the quality of the food I prepared. It's all a question of the quality of life. You can live some sort of existence, you can get through life somehow without any conscious reference to God, but your life is going to be of poor quality. At best it's going to be deficient, and at worst it's going to fall into one of the many traps that evil places around the world for us. In fact, we can go one step further and say the reason why the world is in the mess it's in is precisely because millions of people are living or trying to live without any conscious reference to God. Humanity as a whole shows signs of what we might call a deficiency disease, a kind of spiritual malnourishment, a starvation of the soul. For several decades I've worked as a journalist. As such, I've had the opportunity to meet an extraordinarily wide range of people from many walks of life. And what I'm saying to you tonight is the result of my observations of many people from many backgrounds over many years. Let me share with you the results of my observations To begin with, my observations of those people who live without God. First, I notice that they have no real purpose in life. They always seem to be waiting for something. 
waiting for that career break they'd hoped for, or for the kids to grow up so they'll have more time on their hands, or for retirement so they'll get a chance to travel, or, well, just about anything, really. If you ask them straight out, what is the purpose of your life, their startled reply, because they didn't expect to be asked the question, is either vague and hazy, or really trivial and petty. Second, they have nowhere to turn when they reach the end of their own resources, when they get to the end of their tether. A bloke who knows he's got a bad temper might struggle to control it, but once he realises that he hasn't got the inner strength to control his hot temper, he gives up. He has nowhere else to turn for strength. Third, they do okay, as long as life rolls along okay. But illness or accident knocks them sideways. They can be brave, but they're still lost and bewildered when faced with death or disease or family or financial disaster. And fourth, they have nothing constructive to offer their friends who find themselves defeated by life. I mean, all they can say is, look, I'm really sorry to hear about that, or cheer up, it's not as bad as all that, or it'll get better, or even pull yourself together. When their own spiritual barrel is empty, they cannot have something deep to give to a friend in need. And their own spiritual barrel is empty. That is the emptiness that comes from trying to live life without God. Well now, by way of contrast, let me tell you what I have observed over the past few decades of my life in my friends who are Christians. Now these are people who are not perfect. Of course not. They have their own struggles to cope with. But they live their lives with a constant conscious reference to God. They have responded to God in the way that God requires and the way that God makes possible. And therefore they have resources beyond themselves. And it shows. It shows. Believe me, it shows. First, they are people who have learnt to cope with their own difficult natures. In most of my Christian friends, it is possible to, to, to detect something, or rather someone, who is operating within their personality, making them better than they would be on their own. Some of my Christian friends would be, to put it bluntly, a nasty piece of work, except for the fact that God is within them, working on them, turning them into a good piece of work turning them into the sons and daughters of the living God. This, by the way, is one of the most powerful pieces of evidence for the existence of God I have ever come across. Second, I've noticed that my Christian friends have, as a rule, much more concern, much more love for those outside their immediate circle. People living without God are friendly to those who are friendly to them. Their friendliness works within a certain circle. But when a person opens their life to God, something of the love of God comes into their heart and their sympathies grow both wider and deeper. They are prepared to give money or time and effort and care to others beyond their immediate circle. Third, they can cope with difficulties and disasters well. Christians do not, as some people foolishly suppose, imagine that they're going to be specially protected from life's ills and accidents, from sickness, bereavement, anxiety and all the rest. Sometimes it looks as though the best people get more than their fair share of mischief and misfortune. However, I must pay a tribute to my Christian friends. They bear disappointment and loss and ill health and all the other things that can get people down, not only without bitterness but with the most astonishing courage and even good humour and good-heartedness. Now, I don't want to make extravagant claims because everyone has their own struggles to deal with, but nevertheless, the Bible says, quote, 
In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. The bit of the Bible that tells me that is Romans chapter 8, sentence 37. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And I have seen the truth of those words in the lives of my Christian friends. Fourth, they have a message. A message of good news to pass on. When the need is there, when the opportunity arises, they have a message of real help and real hope to offer. They're able to say, in effect, look, I know someone far greater or stronger than you or me. Someone who's helped me through some pretty rough patches, and I'm sure he can help you too. They're able to introduce a struggling friend to Jesus, the rescuer, and show them how to tap into his boundless resources. Now, these are observations that I think can't be lightly dismissed. The difference in the quality between people without God and people who have a living link with the living God. Perhaps you've been living your life without God. Perhaps you feel in your bones that there is a better quality of life, a more satisfying life for you somewhere, somehow. You may want to feel part of a bigger purpose. You may want to know that you're linked with the God who made you as your loving Heavenly Father. You may be tired of the sterility of the culture around us and the limits of the tiny world of pleasure and popular culture. Can you live your life without God? Well, yes, of course you can. But why should you? God offers you, as the Bible says, friendship with himself, full and free forgiveness as a gift, and more than sufficient power for the living of the present and the future. He offers you a share as a cooperator in his vast plan and purpose, and he offers you a share in the timeless life of his, which is unbroken by what we would call death. You only have to accept these things as God's free gift, because that's what they are. And your life too, your life too, will begin to change in quality. You'll no longer live as a mere unit of the human race, a more or less disgruntled or sometimes happy but more often whinging member of the human species. Then you will begin to realise what you were born for. You will begin to live as a son or daughter of God. Here's our thought for the night. It comes from Romans chapter 6, sentence 23. The Bible says... For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Until tomorrow night at this time, thanks for your company. I'm Kel Richards. Bye for now. We hope you enjoyed this FM 103.2 podcast. To listen to more great audio, visit fm1032.com.au.